Isn't it good to be in Alabama with all these tornadoes? Amen. We, uh, we are living in a new place uh, now, and, and the new place has an old storm shelter in it. <clears throat> an old one. And, uh, and it, it's kind of spooky, I ain't going to lie. Uh, it, 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 the first time we, last night, the first round that come through, we just come up here to the church, and uh, the second round, it was, it was too late, it kind of got on us too quick. And uh, I said, we'll just go to the, the, the storm shelter. And, you know, y'all know I live with, with four women, right? <laughs> and I'm thinking, they're not going to like that idea. And so I'm trying to make it as, as you know, I said, I, I, there's, I'll put a blanket down. I know it's kind of dirty in there. We'll just go there. So here I am, four women, two dogs. <clears throat> and we're sitting there, lightning flashing, and, and, and the door's kind of rotted off from the storm shelter so we can see everything. And, uh, and, and, a, and a chipmunk crawls over my daughter's foot. <clears throat> And, and she was a trooper. She never said a word. She just went. <laughs> and it shot across the floor. And one of the other girls saw it. And she opened her big mouth. What was that? And they said, oh, it's just a chipmunk. And now Tammy. And then the dog saw it. <laughs> All I can say is it got real. Amen. <laughs> All right. But we are here. We are here, everyone's safe, and, and I'm, glad, I'm glad everybody come through it, all right? Joshua chapter number 8, we're going to begin reading in verse number 1, and uh, let's just read a couple verses and then, and then we'll be seated here, all right? Remember, we're coming off of uh, chapter 6 and 7. Uh, we came off of a great victory in Jericho. Uh, there was sin in the camp. Achan took what he shouldn't have took uh, because of that sin, and then not only because of that sin, but because of uh, Joshua assuming that everything was okay. He got instructions for everything he did in, in the new land, in the promised land, uh, up until this time, and then he didn't ask God anything. And you remember, he, he acted without asking. He got the wrong advice, you know, and so they failed. They went to I, and they got whipped. Uh, they got defeated in battle. And then, uh, you know, they mourned, and they prayed about it, and then God spoke to them, told what was wrong, get the sin out of the camp. They got the sin out of the camp, and uh, now, now we are at, we're at a fresh start, all right? They dealt with the issue, they dealt with Achan, they dealt with the sin, uh, and they got that out, and now we're fixing to start uh, fresh and anew. Uh, and, and that's kind of going to be the theme of tonight, is new, is new. How many of y'all are glad you can have a new beginning with Christ? Amen. I mean, you're glad that when you do mess up, when you do fail, when you do make a mistake, you can start all over again, Amen. And so that's kind of what we're going to that's kind of what we're going to be dealing with here tonight, all right? Joshua chapter 8 verse number 1. If you found your spot, say amen. It says, "And the Lord said." Say that with me. "And the Lord said." That's a great way to start. "And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee and arise. Go up to Ai, see." You, you remember that before? Go ahead. See, that's again, here he is again. He's reassuring him. He's showing him again. He said, look, look what I'm fixing to do. I have given into thy hand the king of Ai and his people and his city and his land. Thou shalt do to Ai and her king as thou didst unto Jericho and her king. Only the spoil thereof and the cattle thereof shall ye take for a prey unto yourselves. Lay thee in ambush for the city behind it. So Joshua rose and all the people of war to go up against Ai, and Joshua chose out 30,000 mighty men of valor and sent them away by night. Now, I'm not going to read all of the details of the conquest there, but we're going we're to find out we're going to find out that everything he did with Jericho, he did it different with Ai. And, and, and the plans and the strategy was totally different, and there's a reason behind that, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight, all right? Are you all ready to study tonight? Say amen. Well, let's pray. Lord, thank you, Lord, for your blessings, your kindness, and your protection. Thank you, Lord, for the, the, the opportunity to come to your house and to study and to learn. And, and Lord, just better ourselves and, and grow closer to you. And, and, and Lord, teach us how to deal with defeat and failure, mistakes and problems. And, 
God, how we can start brand new, get up again, and not stay down. Lord, I pray that you'll bless all those that had damage to their homes and their properties and the things that happened there. Uh, Lord, I know there was also uh, uh, deaths from the storm in Tennessee and different places. And, and God, just watch over them and give them grace to, to, to go through this time of tragedy. I pray that you'll give them peace and help them and strengthen them. Uh, Lord, not just that, but the folks in Tennessee that went through the fires and all the, the, the stuff that went along with that. Lord, there's a lot of devastated people tonight, and I pray that you'll help them and strengthen them. Lord, open our minds, open our hearts tonight. Give us what we stand in need of, and Lord, we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to, I put in your notes, I put in your notes, and I forgot to ask a while ago if anybody needed any notes, but if you need, a, if you need any outlines, I don't know who, where my people are, but if you need any outlines, uh, raise your hand, raise your hand. I want to make sure you get one, because this is really, really important. Uh, we've got several right here. Uh, uh, Brother Jeff, do y'all have any extras over there? No extras over there. How about extras over here? Uh, somebody, somebody, somebody look back over on this corner over here. Anybody standing in that corner over there? Uh, there you go. There you go. Get it, Chicky. There's, I think there's some in that floor. I want everybody to get an outline tonight. We made some, some extras there. All right. Raise your hand one more time. We're going to make sure you get some. I thought right over here, right in the middle, right in the middle, Chicky. All right. Now, here, here's, what, here's what I want to do. I put in your notes, I put in your notes at the very top, uh, a passage of Scripture out of the book of Revelation. And I know you're thinking, uh, what in the world does Revelation have to do with Joshua? And it's going to be because of the theme that we're talking about tonight, all right? Uh, Revelation chapter number 21 and verse number 1. Uh, looking, if you, you don't have to look it up, it's right there in your notes right there. Look at the top. He says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away, say amen, God shall wipe away all tears, from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, say it with me. Okay, I, we, we started everybody, and then y'all drifted off, and y'all finished up over here, all right? Let's try that again. Behold, now, now, what are we talking about here in this particular portion of Scripture? We're talking about the devastation of sin. In the beginning, when, when God made everything, this world was a perfect environment. This world was a perfect place. It was a place of, uh, of, of splendor. I mean, it was paradise, if you will. And, and because of sin, because of disobedience, pain came. Because of sin and disobedience, suffering came. Because of sin and disobedience, death came. Uh, all of these things that we face, the curse upon our world, the curse upon the ground, the curse upon our bodies, our bodies will decay and get old. And, and we have all of these things that we deal with, all the suffering that we deal with, all the pain that we deal with, death and devastation. Well, ladies and gentlemen, one day, one day, God's going to change all of that. We have tears today because of the suffering, because of the difficulty, because of the curse. But one day, God is going to take his hand and he's going to wipe all of that away. If he wipes the tears away, he'll have to wipe what causes those tears away. And he says, I make all things new. Sin brings pain. Sin brings difficulty. Sin brings tears. Would you all agree with that? Failure does all of those things. But we serve a God who has the ability, who has the power, who has the desire to take what breaks us and to take what hurts us and to take what brings pain in our life and to take what brings suffering in our life and the failures that we have, the mistakes, and we not just mistakes, sometimes we use that word way too much. Sometimes we do things on purpose, don't we? We go into it with eyes wide open, but thank God we have a God who can take even those things and make all things new. You say, why are you saying all that? Because sometimes we live in such utter uh, depression 
or to the point that, that we, we live in a guilt trip all the time and we stay feeling guilty over things that we have done when God doesn't want us to live that way. God doesn't want us to stay in that situation. The Bible says the blood of Christ will purge our conscience from dead works, not so we can quit, not so we can live in depression, not so we can live with a guilt trip. God will wash our sin away so we can serve a living God, so you can have a brand new start, so things can be better than they ever was. I need a witness. Makes all things new. The whole theme of this chapter is new things, a new start. Yes, you failed. Yes, there was death. Yes, there was grief. Yes, there was funerals. Yes, these things happen, not just because of sin in a person, but someone assuming, this is Joshua the leader, assuming and not, not fulfilling and following through like he should have, because of these things, we have brokenness, but he's saying, hey, lift up your eyes, lift up your head, be of good cheer, everything's going to be all right, we can have something new. Man, we need to get that. How often, how often does the devil use a guilt trip to keep us from serving God? He keeps us in a bad way. And the devil's good at this. You realize the devil knows your past better than you do? He said, how do you know that? When's the last time you got down to pray and get serious with God and the devil reminded you of something you did? Amen. Or, or a, he's good at that. Listen, he makes all things new. He makes all things new. What's the point? We're going to get up again. There's three things I want to just share with you. <clears throat> well, actually, there's a bunch of things, but there's three things we're going to start with. Amen? Uh, this, and this is important. This is important. Uh, we got we, we to gotta go through this process. We can't, just, we can't just fail. We can't just fail and go right back to where we were without doing some things. All right? They couldn't, they couldn't just go on to I and, 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 and conquer them. They had, they had to, there's some, there's some preliminary things they needed to do. They, they had to get some things right. Am I, are you with me? Say amen. And we covered all them in great detail in chapter 7, so I'm not going to rehash everything. But here's the, here's the basics of it. It just is just the summary of it. Uh, what do we do? What do we do? First we find, it, these are the number 1, 2, and 3 in the, on the top of your notes there. First we find, first we find confessing. Listen, when we do fail, when we do fail, get it right. In other words, in other words, own it. Own it. Come to God and say, God, what, what did David have to say? When he hid it, when he hid his sin, he said his bones waxed old. When he hid his sin, the, the, the conviction of God was so heavy on him, he said, I, he said, I waxed old. Are y'all with me? But then the great, the great repentance chapter. There was one thing. You know, here's a, here's a crazy thing. There was King Saul and there was King David. Do you realize that the sin King Saul committed was not near as bad as the sin that King David committed? King David, King, you know, he, basically King Saul, he just, God said, don't keep nothing, kill it all, and he didn't. Now, in man's eyes, in man's eyes, we look at that and think, that's not near as bad as committing adultery with a man's wife and then killing the man to try to hide the adultery. And are y'all with me? But what was the difference between King Saul and King David? The one thing about King David, he was a great sinner, but he knew how to get right with God. King Saul, he tried to hide it. And in his pride, he tried to, but what did King David do? Once he was confronted with his sin, once Nathan came to him and said, Thou art the man, this is what he said. He said, I acknowledge my transgression, and my sin is ever before me. He said, Purge me with the hyssop. Against thee and thee only have I sinned, O Lord. He said, Man, there was something about David. He knew how to get right with God. And he came to God and he confessed it. He said, this is not my neighbor's fault. This is not my upbringing's fault. This is not my parents' fault. Lord, this failure is on my plate. I did it. I'm confessing. I'm coming to you. You'll never get over your failure till you own it. That's a, this, this is an epidemic in our country tonight. Nobody wants to own their failure. Everybody wants to blame their situation and blame their, their whatever on everybody else. Listen, we are where we are because of the decisions we make. 
Life is about decision making. And 95% of the time, we are in the shape we're in because of the choices we made. Are y'all with me? So confessing, bring it, bring it out. Bring it out. What you cover, God will uncover. What you uncover, God will cover. And by the way, you don't want him to uncover it. How many of y'all, <laughs> how many of y'all ever had that parent said, go get me a switch? And see, then, if your parents was like my parents, you was in a quandary. Because you knew if the switch wasn't just right, he would go get his own. But if it was too big, it would hurt worse. Are y'all with me? Here's the point. You don't want God to have to do it. It's a whole lot easier on us when we come to God with our issue and say, God, here am I. Confession. First we have confessing. But then we have forsaking. Then we have forsaking. We use the, we use the verses, uh, you know, uh, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, here's forsaking. Uh, Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen: He that covereth his sin shall not prosper. Let me read that again. He that covereth his sin shall not prosper. But whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. What's the point? We got to deal with the sin. We got to deal with the issue. Let's let's just use the illustration. Let's say let's say. Uh, all right, in, 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 the, in the story that we're looking at, in the story that we're looking at, Achan was a cause of issue. And God said, you got to deal with that. I'm not going with you. I'm not giving you my presence. I'm not giving you my power. I'm not doing any of that till you deal with the sin in the camp. So they had to get it out. Y'all know what they did? They took him and stoned him, burnt the issue. They, 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 were, they brought judgment upon, they got the sin out of the camp. If that makes sense, say amen. Now, let's apply that. Let's apply that. Say, say, say you have a bad problem getting drunk. Well, uh, you don't say, God, I'm sorry. I confess that to you with liquor in the cabinet. What do you do? You go get rid of it. You're having an affair. God, I'm sorry. And you still got a number in your, in your pocket. You end it. You stop it. You get rid of it. You deal with it. Whatever the sin, whatever the issue, whatever the failure, you come to God, you can't, this is, not, this is not something that you can just keep saying I'm sorry for over and over again. Most likely, if you haven't forsaken it, you haven't. Let's go back, let's go back to the, let's go back to the word confessing a minute. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That word confessing is more than just saying I did it. Because God know you did it. God saw you do it. Y'all with me? You're identifying with him. Really, the word means to come in agreement with. It means you, you feel and you look at this sin as God feels and looks at this sin. Boy, that's where we got to get to. That's the place we have to get. Because when we get there, we're not going to want to do that. Are y'all with me? So first we have confessing. They, they got it out in the open, then they dealt with it. There was a forsaking. They got the sin out. And listen, guys, you, you, sometimes, let me say this. Sometimes uh, when we're struggling with an issue, when we're struggling with a sin, uh, we're struggling uh, it's just addiction or whatever it might be, something that we are, we've tried to quit or whatever, sometimes, sometimes it takes more than just what you can do on your own. Sometimes the issues we struggle with require accountability. Sometimes you need somebody to help you with that. Are y'all with me? That's a whole other sermon. We're not going to get into it. But here's, a, here's the third thing I want you to write down. Uh, after failure, after mistakes, after disobedience, whatever that might be, first we need to confess it. We need to own it. We need to deal with it. Then we need to forsake it. We need to put it behind us and forsake it. Get it out. Uh, get it out. Uh, and, and whatever it is, whatever we got to do, hey, we're getting it out. We're done. But then there is a resuming. And this is so important. There is a resuming. There is a resuming. Look, look what? Look at your notes. <clears throat> the Bible says in Psalms 37, 23, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Would you all agree with that? And he delighteth in his way. 
though he fall, though he fall, who fell? A good man. Y'all got that? A good man. What's that mean? Good people fall. Now, now there's two things I want you to get out of that. Two things I want you to get out of that. One is just because you think you're good don't mean you're not immune to falling. Let a, let a man who, 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 who thinks he's not going to, he said, you better beware because you're going to. Right? So we need to always beware. Let's not think we're ever so close to God that we can't trip up. Because I promise you, Peter was probably as close to Jesus as anybody in this building, and he denied him three times. Right? And the, and the second thing is this, is this, it's not the end of the world. Think about that a minute. Your failure is not final. Even good people mess up. Are y'all with me? Why, why are y'all looking at me like that way? I was going to move on, but I saw too many faces. Why, why is it? And this is true now. We're, we're, let's, let's, let's be honest. We're just gonna, it's just us here tonight. The cream of the crop. Amen. Even if you got to hold your eyes open, you're here. Amen. Thank God. Why is that one phrase, why is that one truth so hard to grasp and so hard to appreciate? How often is it so hard for us to get that God's, hey, he will forgive you. Isn't it amazing that we're harder on ourselves than God is sometimes? When I said, when I said this, when I said this, that, that hey, just because you're good, that don't mean you're immune to falling. And there was amens across the building. That's right, that's right. But when I said, hey, it's not the end of the world, even good people mess up, it was stone silent. Did y'all notice that? You know why? Because sometimes we're harder on ourselves than what God is. And we, I think sometimes we hold ourselves, we hold ourselves to a place that, 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 that even, even God don't. Isn't it amazing that God knows you're human? Even if you don't. You know what David said? And this is not in the notes. I'm just going with what I'm feeling right now. David said, he knoweth my frame. You know what that means? He knows I'm weak. Even, even when Peter, even when Peter was so really zealous about being with God and for Jesus and defending Jesus, even then, he said, look, man, your spirit's willing, but your flesh is weak. He knows that. That's why I said, I have prayed for thee. And when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. I don't know about y'all, but that's good news. Amen? So what's the point? What's the point? Even a good man falls. But watch what it says. Watch what it says. <clears throat> Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. What's he saying? It's not the end of the world. Don't beat yourself up so much that you can't get back up. Don't think that it won't be better than it ever was. He will not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Proverbs 24, 16. For a just man, you can put good there too, for a right man, a righteous man, a just man, father, how many times? But what's, what's, the, what's the difference about him? Come on. He riseth up again. What's the point? You got to get up again. Yes, you failed the first time you went to I, but listen, we got to go again. We got to make these things right. We got to fix what the issue is, and let's go again. Let's get up. Let's quit whining. Let's quit being in the mully grubs. Let's quit not having faith in God that things won't be better. Fear and guilt will keep you from getting up and going forward. Are y'all with me? Those three things, if we get that, confessing, forsaking, and resuming, confessing, forsaking, and resuming. I put the same notes in this particular point that I had in, in the last lesson that we had. Uh, F.W. Robertson, 
F.W. Robertson said this, Life, like war, is a series of mistakes. He's not the best Christian nor the best general who makes the fewest false steps. Poor mediocrity may secure that. In other words, if you don't ever try anything, you're not going to never fail. But then you're not going to ever accomplish anything. Amen? But he is the best who wins the most splendid victories by the retrieval of mistakes. And and, and what we're going to get out of this lesson is going to show that. Forget mistakes. Say that with me. Come on, everybody. And organize victory out of mistakes. Henry Ford, Henry Ford said this. He'd agreed with Robertson. He said this. And a, a mistake is an opportunity to begin again more intelligently. Look back up there at Alexander White. Look at Alexander White's uh, comment underneath that first page. No matter what mistakes we may make, the, what kind of mistake? The worst mistake of all is what? Can y'all say amen right there? The mistake ain't hitting the ground. The mistake is not getting back up. This Bible is full of people, good people, godly people. Uh, Think about this. Samson was the strongest man. Solomon was the wisest man. David was the man closest to God's own heart. Adam was the first man. And you know what? They all failed. Abraham lied about his wife. Noah got drunk. Peter denied the Lord. Do I need to go on? But there's something about all them people. They didn't stay down. They didn't stay down. They acknowledged their issue. They brought it to God. And they got back up. That's the key. Listen, no matter what mistakes we may make, the worst mistake of all is not to try again. For the victorious Christian life, read this with me. The victorious Christian, everybody everybody read it, help me now. The victorious Christian life is a series of new beginnings. So let's start with number one. Number one, we find a new beginning. I don't know about y'all, and this may, I I don't know why, but I, I, I was more excited about this particular lesson, and especially in the beginning part of it, because of what I, I see in this that God feels about us. The very first phrase, the very first phrase that we read in chapter number 8 is the phrase, and the Lord said. And the Lord said. What is the key? What is the key to a fresh start in something new? Well, the first thing we got to have is a new beginning. Number one, a new beginning. How do we get a new beginning? We get a word from the Lord. What happens now? Look what what takes place. They deal with the sin. They get it out of the camp. They deal with that. Now the Lord has freedom to give them instructions on what to do in the future. Did you notice that God was not going to give them any instructions in victory, any instructions in success, any, any advice on how to prosper in the future? Do you know the last thing God told them before chapter number 18? He told them about the sin... And they needed to deal with it. Now, now let me, let's, let's think about that a minute. <clears throat> if you are living in blatant sin and you have issues in your life, do not come to God and ask God to bless you and give you instructions for your future or give you instructions on how to prosper or give you instructions on how to gain victory in the next battle when you haven't done what He's already told you to do. Because God is not going to give you step two till you've accomplished step one. He never said one thing about how to win the next fight till they got the sin out of the camp. What's the point? If I regard iniquity in my heart, he will not hear me. Some of us need to understand that the next step we need to take is coming to an altar and getting right with God, getting issues in our life out of our life. I don't know what it might be. You know what it is. It could be, it could be grudges. It could be unforgiveness. It, I'm not saying it's just blatant, outright adultery or anything of that nature or fornication or drunkenness or, or whatever it may be, but we know 
and God knows. So quit asking God to change your life and bless you until you've dealt with that issue in your life, confessing it, forsaking it, and coming to Him and getting up so He can give you a fresh word from Him. Say amen. But when you do do those things, when you do come to God, when you do get right with God, I'm glad, man, I'm telling you what, I am so glad that God does not treat us like we treat each other sometimes. I am so glad that God does not treat us like people in authority over us have treated us in the past. That when we do come to God, we, we, it's kind of like, like one of the most beautiful pictures of, of a sinner getting right with, the, with, with God is the prodigal son and his daddy. Are y'all with me? How many of y'all love that like I love that story? I don't, if you've never messed up, you don't appreciate the story. But if you've ever gotten ignorant before, you appreciate that story. Because here he is, he leaves the father, he takes what really didn't even belong to him yet. He, matter of fact, he treated his father like he was already dead. He was asking for an inheritance that would only come to you after your father had died. So in his mind, his father was dead to him. And he takes all of that and he goes out and wastes it on riotous living. Wine, women, and song. I'm talking about debauchery, sin, and wickedness, and it leaves him empty. It leaves him the same way sin always does. It leaves you with nothing. It takes away your substance. It takes away your dignity. It takes away everything that you have, and you leave with shoes on your feet representing a part and a member of the family, and you end up barefoot in the hog pen with nothing and starving to death. But he said, Woo. He said, man, what am I doing? I'm here starving to death. I'm here in the hog pen. And even, even the servants in my father's house have bread enough and to spare. And I'm here hungry. I, and I like the phrase, and he came to himself. He said, I'm not staying here. Y'all know he gets up, he goes, he goes, and he goes back to the father. And this is the reaction from the father. The Bible says when the father saw him a great way off, he didn't even wait till he got to the porch. He didn't make him grovel when he got there. He didn't make him crawl on his knees and hands all the way and kiss his feet and feel sorry for what he'd done. And listen, you get right and you, you apologize for what you did. No, no. He saw him a great way off, saw him from the porch, and the Bible said he jumped off the porch and he ran down the road. This is a seasoned old man. This is a man of dignity. This is a man of stature, and he shouldn't have been running in the community because he was one of power and stature, but he didn't care about none of that he was high stepping it to his son and fell upon his neck and kissed him and said bring a robe and put upon him put a ring on his finger and put shoes on his feet my son which was dead is alive again he welcomed him home what did what did the prodigal son get a word a new beginning a new word from God now, what is this word that we have? It's a word of encouragement. Write that down. Hurry. It's a word of encouragement. He said, fear not and be not dismayed. I, here's, here's my point. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that God don't throw us out. I'm glad that God don't give up on us. Even when, we, when he probably should. He comes to us, and he's saying, hey, everything's all right. I'm not mad at you. I don't hold grudges. I'm not going to remind you of this stupid thing you did uh, 20 minutes later. A man was at work, and he was talking to his buddy. He said, man, I tell you what, me and my wife got into it last night. She just got historical on me. <clears throat> He said, you mean hysterical? He said, no, I mean historical. She brought up everything I ever done. Aren't you glad God's not that way? Some of you, some of you husbands, you're just looking straight on. You ain't even moving. I don't blame you. Amen. What did he do with Peter? Y'all remember when Peter denied him? Y'all remember that? And remember right after the resurrection? Right after the resurrection, the angel came 
and told them to go give a message back. And this is what he said. Go tell his disciples and Peter. Now, why did he do that? Because he knew Peter was in a bad way. The last time, the last time Peter uh, and Jesus had any, any association whatsoever, Peter was denying him and Jesus was going to die. And he denied him the third time, and at the third time their eyes met, and Peter realized what he had done, and he went out and wept bitterly. And in Peter's heart and Peter's mind, he probably thought it was good while it lasted. Well, it's over now. Jesus won't, won't have nothing else to do with me. I done denied him three times. He's probably done with me. It is over with. But <laughs> woo, after the resurrection, he said, hey, tell Peter everything's all right. Tell Peter he's still in the group. He's still in the groove. He's still in the family. Hey, don't worry about it. It's going to be all right. And I come to tell you today, yeah, you failed. Get back up. Everything's all right. You're all right with God. God's good with you. If you will do what he tells you to do, if you will get it right, if you will confess it, if you will forsake it, if you will get back up, you're good with him. And some of us needs to hear that because we've had people in our life, family in our life, that's beat us down all the time. Every time we turn around, they would remind us of how ignorant we was. They remind us of every failure we ever did. And every time you tried to get back up, they would remind you of the past. But I'm here to tell you, you have a heavenly father right now who loves you with every fiber of his beating, and he will not bring up what you did back then. Say amen. And he's saying, look, get up. Fear not. Be not dismayed. He got a word of encouragement. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes we need a word of encouragement. Not just because of what people say about us, but what we feel about our own selves. How many of y'all would agree with me? And we're probably not going to finish, so don't even think we're going to worry about that. How many of you have ever done something real stupid and real ignorant, and you just felt horrible? And I mean, you just could not. One thing, how could I have done that? And here you are living with your own guilt, your own conscience. There is so much in the Bible that tells us that God is even greater than our own conscience. Listen, be of good cheer. Everything's going to be all right. So, a new beginning starts with a word of encouragement. If you're here today and you've messed up, you've got issues in your life, you need to start over, well, let me give you a word of encouragement. God said, everything's going to be all right. If you do your part, he will sure do his. Amen? A word of encouragement. Then, then B. Or, yeah. Is it B? Yeah. He got a word of instruction. <clears throat> He got a word of instruction. I don't know how to apply this in a way that everybody gets it without just being honest. <clears throat> Not that I've been lying, but uh, <laughs> I didn't really. Tim, that didn't come out like I meant that to come out right there. Isn't it funny how people say, to be honest with you, that means you've been lying the other times, amen? No, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm just going to tell you my issue. All right, my experience with this part. Uh, when, when first we have a word of encouragement, but then we have a word of instruction. Here's, here's the point. There's been times, there's been times that, that I've left the house and me and Tammy's had a discussion. <clears throat> how many of y'all have ever had discussions before? <clears throat> uh, how many of y'all have had real ones? <clears throat> and, 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 and I just leave mad and just, and I've, you know, uh, you know, y'all know. Y'all, I'm just all I'm gonna say is y'all know. All right, and uh, and I come up here. I'm coming to study God's word. <laughs> y'all don't act so holy. I know y'all. <laughs> and I get here and I open my Bible. And I'll read the chapter, and I'll get to the last verse. 
and nothing. I can't even remember what I just read. And then I'll go read it again. And sometimes if I'm real stubborn, and if she's really made me mad, I'll just shake my head and study harder. Or I'll pull out a commentary. Or I'll, I'll go and I'll listen to a, another pastor or preacher who preached on the chapter that I want to deal with. And, and the whole time, the Lord's saying, really? You just got through with all that, and you think I'm going to talk to you? Tammy's in here. Yep, there she is, right over there. You ask her how many times I've called her from my office. I'm sorry. Not because I want to make it right. Y'all don't look at me that way. Y'all act like y'all just so good Christians in here. No, I want God to talk to me again. And he knows, and he, he don't talk till I make it right. And it is such an amazing thing that when I get right, what I'm supposed to get right, I can read the same chapter I just spent two hours, depending on how stubborn I was that particular day. And I can read it again, and it'll just come alive. What's the point? Sometimes we struggle so much in life when all we have to do is come to him, make right whatever it is, and then he will give you the instructions to make it easy. You know why some of our lives are so hard? It's our fault. We make it that way. Sometimes because of pride. Sometimes because of stubbornness. But isn't it amazing? As soon as they got the sin right, as soon as they got the issue out of, their, out of the camp, out of their life, that right away God began to tell them how to win again. We need to hear that that we're not going to be able to have the instructions in life to prosper and to, to, to go forward and to have success in our life till we get those issues. And I, and I don't need to go back over all that stuff. Y'all know what I'm saying. Nobody has to, I don't, I don't, you, say, you don't have to give me 20 questions to figure out what's in your life. If you've got sin in your life, you know what it is. Because the Holy Spirit's done told you what it is. And am I right? Come on now, let's get, let's get real a minute. So just deal with it. Because if you do, you'll get a word of encouragement. Not only that, you'll get a word of instruction. He specifically, specifically told him exactly what to do to win again. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I don't like losing. Period. I don't like losing. As much as it pains me to have to say, Nick Saban's interview this week, I loved it. I think he's arrogant. I don't like him a bit. But when he said, when they asked him, now I'm going somewhere with this. When they said, well, you could lose this game and still be good. And he said, listen, y'all, y'all, I, y I know y'all had to see this. It's not okay. It's not okay to lose a game. We don't even talk that way. What kind, and what he's saying, what kind of mentality is that? It don't matter if we can lose or not. We're not talking about losing. We're not. So I'm there. And that's the kind of mentality I want you to have in your Christian life. Don't like losing. You should hate I, the eyes in your life, the failures in your life. You should, you, should just, you should just despise those so you will want to win. Because if you really want to win bad enough, you'll do whatever it takes to do that. You'll get that junk out of your life so you can stand before God and say, Okay, tell me how to win. Tell me how to overcome. Tell me, to have, tell me how to have victory in my life. Amen? Amen. Then, then, 
then it was a it was a a, a a word of encouragement it was a word of what i say instructions but then it was a word of promise <clears throat> it was a word of promise he, he, he used that phrase again see see look what i've done i've given it into your hand i've given it into your hand i promise you this i promise you guys I promise you, according to that Bible, not, not my, and, and not just that, but I, I promise you this by my own experience. And I'm not just saying something I've read or I've heard or I've seen in a conference or I saw on a video. I'm telling you, in my life, every single time I did what God told me to do, I won. He always does what he says he will do. He's just waiting on us to do what we're supposed to do. Amen? See? See? You're going to win. You're going to win. Now, watch this. This is great. This is, this is, this is what every, every long-term Christian church, Baptist, no matter what, just they need to hear the second point. There was not only, there was not only a, new, uh, a, 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 a new beginning, but then... Number two, write this down. There was, a, there was a new strategy. A new strategy. And I, I'm, I'm running out of time, so I'm going to have to try to, y'all stay with me on this. In, 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 in the battle with Jericho, if you, if you really study the strategy and look at the, the things that they did, they go out in the middle of the day, they go out in broad daylight, and they march around the city. And then they march around the city. Third day, they march around the city. They march around the city. On the seventh day, they march seven times. They blow the trumpet. Walls. Y'all with me? Now, here's what most Christians do, especially Christian leaders. They go into every city, and they go march seven times. Some of y'all ain't getting it yet. How many people are, how many of y'all have ever heard of the worship wars? I'm glad you haven't. But there's worship wars going on. I bet if I say this, you'll know what I'm talking about. Contemporary, traditional. Big screen, hymnal. Y'all with me? Arguing, fighting, fussing. Well, bless God, when I was there, it happens this way, and God only. You know what happens? Is we get stuck in a block of time. I'm, I'm, I'm. I, I tend, I tend to meet to be a little more traditional, and and a little more old fashioned, and and that was because that was the block of time, that got I got in with. I love I love the old hymns and I love I love a choir and man I love the, the harmony and all that kind of stuff and 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 I, I just because that's that's the block of time that I got saved in. That's what I knew, that's what I liked, that's what I was familiar with. I mean I could hear some of that stuff going out and man it just cranked my tractor. Because that's 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 what I knew. And there was there was a long time, there was a long time that I would criticize anything that wasn't that. Y'all with me? I'm going somewhere with this. Well, then you have, you have different styles. You have a, a new block of time. You have a younger group. And isn't it amazing that this is not just this way in, in, in church or religion. It's this way with rock music. You go back in blocks of time, and, 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 and the older you get, the, the styles of music are so different. In each block of time, everybody likes their own thing. You know you're getting old when your style is classic rock now, amen? <laughs> That's a bad sign when you're flipping through, and it says, a classic station in here, and it, whoa, wait a minute. That's what I was listening to in high school. Y'all with me? So here we have, we have these, this issue. And, and, and so, so we, have, we have people that, that love the traditional criticizing the people that love, love the, the, the contemporary. 
And y'all have heard my story about the contemporary stuff. The teenagers got me a ticket to go see Chris Tomlin. I didn't want to go. Because, see, I don't go to concerts. I go to gospel scenes. Never been to a concert in my life. I mean, any concert. Nothing. I've been to a lot of gospel scenes. And then the teenagers are slick. They bought the ticket. Now I had to go. And I had an attitude. So they took me down to the, the uh, what's the thing in, Bur in Birmingham? BJCC. How many of y'all have ever been to that with something big in there? And there's like this big hallway or, or whatever that hallway, you know, that goes around that thing. Have y'all ever seen that like from the steps and when the people are already there? It's like a river of humanity. I mean, it's elbow to elbow, and it's moving. I mean, it literally looks like a, 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 a river of elbows and germs and stuff. And I'm like, I'm not getting in that. Oh, yeah, you just, you just got, we got to go, we got to go down there. I said, how am I going to do it? You can't even, it's like Frogger, man. There's no way to jump in. They said, no, you just get in there. What, what, and one of them grabbed me, and here we go. And I'm like, oh. And I'm mad. And it just happens to pass the, the refreshment area. And I got the biggest thing of popcorn they had. It was like that big around. And we go up and they, we get in the seats. <clears throat> and uh, some of y'all, y'all have heard this, so just act like you hadn't. <clears throat> and, and, and so we get up there and sit down. And I'm just sitting around kind of pouting a little bit. And I mean, people just filing in and just getting all up in your stuff and everywhere. And I happen to look back and way up there. There was nobody sitting. Nobody was in the dark. I said, I know where I'm going. I got up, got my popcorn, and I went like, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight rows up and got all by myself, sat down on my popcorn. <laughs> Them stinking teenagers, they saw that I had left. They seen where I was, and they came and got all around me again. <laughs> I'm just sitting here eat my popcorn and endure this thing. And he come out there. I don't even remember what he was singing. But he started singing. Everybody in the building was singing. And man, God crawled all over me. And before I knew it, my popcorn was in the floor. I said, Tears dripping off my face. I was singing right along with them. And had just an incredible time. I mean, it was unbelievable. It's just awesome. And you say, why are you saying all that? Because there's people that calls them that wicked. That, that preaches, well, stand in a pulpit and preach against that. And criticize it. And, 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 and all you that's liking your contemporary, don't get on your high horse, because I've seen some of y'all criticize the other too. Why, why, why are we doing that? Why are we having wars over worship? You say, what does it have to do with Joshua? Watch this. They marched seven times around Joshua. Do you realize everything he told them to do in, 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 in fighting Jericho, he told them the exact opposite in I? And he said, look, take all the people. Hide some. Prepare an ambush. They were in the, in the daytime with Jericho. They were in the middle of the night doing covert operations. I'm talking about, and then he said, when you go in, make them chase you out. Make them think you're running again. And when they chase you out, then you go in and burn the city, sneak up behind them, and whoop them all. Totally different. So why is that important? I'm going to get to it. I promise you. Watch this. This is so good. Please get this. Look at your notes right there, number two. In describing the death of King Arthur, Lord Tennyson put some wise and profound words in the mouth of the king as his funeral barge moved out to sea. 
Sir Bedivere cried out, For now I see the true old times are dead. For now I see the true old times are dead. And you see, that's what a lot of us traditionalists, we see things changing, we see things different. We see things are not like it was when we got saved or not like it was when we were in our heyday. Or, and, 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 and we're kind of like, we're kinda like the, 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 the chapter in the Bible where they built the second temple. If, you, if you're familiar with that, when they were laying the foundation of the second temple, you remember the first temple was destroyed. Well, when they were, were, built the second temple, the second temple was nowhere near like the first temple. Nowhere near the size, nowhere near the glory. And this is what happened. When they were laying that foundation, this is what it says. It's almost surreal. It says, while the young men were praising and shouting. See, they never had a temple before. And they were excited about what God was doing, the new temple. They were excited. The Bible says the old men were weeping because it wasn't like it used to be. Old men weeping and young men shouting. Well, that's almost the day that we're living in today. Listen, it doesn't have to be just like it was. This man is saying the old ways are past. Now watch, watch, what, what, watch this. He says, For now I see the true old times are dead. And Arthur replied, The old order changeth. Yielding place to the new. Watch this. Everybody read this. Everybody read this. If you got your notes, please read this real loud. And God fulfills himself in many ways, lest one good custom should corrupt the world. Did y'all get that? Watch this. Watch this. God changes his leaders lest we start trusting flesh and blood instead of trusting the Lord. And he changes his methods lest we start depending on our personal experience instead of his divine promises. Do y'all understand that? Do you know what a lot of traditionalists have done? They have started worshiping a method of worship and not who they're supposed to be worshiping when they come. God changes things. God does things different. He's a God of great variety. Isn't it amazing that he, he, healed, he healed blind people different ways? One, one way, he spit on the ground, made some dirt, put it in his eye and told him to go wash it. Another time, he just spit right in his eye. Read your Bible. Y'all looking at me like, oh, it's in there. There are times he would just say the word. You know why he did it all those different ways? So one group of people wouldn't say, nope, 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 nope. You can't heal that that way. You got to go. You got to spit right in his eye. <laughs> well, you know what? The guy who got healed by making the mud in the ground. No, 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 no. That's not how you do it. You got to spit on the ground, make a dirt pie, stick it in your eye and go wash it. You see the point? Jesus don't want you to be all about the method. He wants you to be all about the master. It's not how he did it, it's who did it. It don't matter if you sing from that screen or you sing from a hymnal, if you sing whatever, it's who you're singing about. It doesn't matter if it's upbeat or slow. It doesn't matter if it's with just a piano or with a piano and drums and electric guitar. Hey, it's who you're bringing it to. A new strategy says I can do it more than one way. Don't, don't get so dependent on the method. Don't get so dependent on the plan. Don't get so dependent on the person. Why do you think he used Moses? When Moses dropped off, he had Joshua. You know why? It wasn't Moses, and it wasn't Joshua. It was the one they were following. And I'm going to tell you this. We need to get this in here, too. Because it's not up here. It's not up here who's delivering the word. It's the word they're delivering. And some of us have gotten so attached to me that if I'm not here, you'll call. Are you going to be there tonight? I'm not telling. Now, here's the thing. Now, I'm not going to beat you up over that. 
I'm just telling you, because I get it. I get it. I have my I have my favorites. I have certain people that, that I listen to and I like to and I get all that. But I'm afraid we get so attached to a delivery system and not the message that's delivered that we get hooked, we get hooked to almost I hate using the word entertainment, but if, if that's all we're coming for, that's what it ends up being. And guess what, guys? Everybody's got to start somewhere. Whatever I am today, I mean, y'all keep coming, but whatever I am today, it wasn't that way in the beginning. It's terrible. But you know what? There was a group of people at Bethel Baptist Church that endured it so y'all can enjoy it. They love the word. So they put up with a young guy who wasn't real good at delivering it because they just appreciated the fact that maybe one day God's going to do something with him. And I'm going to say this. I'm going to just get off my system. I got to get it off my system. I got to get this off my chest, off my system, however you want. Out of my system, off my chest. It really irritates me to think somebody so immature that if you walk in and see a young guy up here that you don't necessarily like, that you get up and walk out. Because I know you don't think that's that big a deal. But when that young guy saw that, it broke him down, and he's been struggling with that for months. And we've had to sit down and have conversations about that. I said, listen, guy, it, it is what it is. Don't focus, don't focus on the one that left. Enjoy the ones that stayed. It's hard to do, though. How many of y'all remember we had friend day a couple, or uh, sit with me Sunday? Had a ton of people here. Had a ton of people. There were so many people lined up for the care area. It was unbelievable. I'm talking about I was there forever. I didn't think I was ever going to get through with that. I mean, I don't, even, I don't even remember what the count was. Tons of people in the first service and the second service. And you know what? Out of all, you, you remember the question I always ask? Oh, we're out of time. How far have been we out of time? Do we, like, just get out of time? Five seconds? Five minutes. <clears throat> You're fired, all right? You're, you're not working that clock right, amen. Now watch, now watch. Hurry up, man, hurry up. Listen, 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 listen. Y'all remember the question I asked? Is this your first time? What was your first impression? It would blow your mind to people. Man, it was so awesome. It was so wonderful. Man, it was, and just on and on and on. Guess what? There was two people, a teenager and a senior citizen, that said, it was loud. I said, okay, oh, uh, 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 what, what was loud? Everything. How long ago was that? How long ago was Sit With Me Sunday? Three months? September? You know what? I can't hardly remember any of the ones that said it was awesome but I still see the faces <laughs> of the two and you know what I told that young guy I said man don't sweat it I said, I said it's, it's human nature I said I know it's hard I said but listen it's all good and I'm telling you this not to get on to you not to make you mad I hope I don't make you mad but I'm just saying, they got to start somewhere. And if we're going to train these people and send them out, they got to have time in front of people. Y'all with me? So, tough it out. You want them to get better? Encourage them. 
I said, I got better. If I got better. <laughs> he just encouraged the fire out of me. He said, keep on. And this is the one reason they could do that. Because the message was more important than the messenger. I'm just telling you. If, if, if the delivery is more important than what's being delivered, you're a little immature. And maybe the person up here is not the one that needs to get better. Let me, let me read it again because I'm getting some serious looks right now. Watch this. God changes his leaders lest we start trusting flesh and blood instead of trusting the Lord. And he changes his methods lest we start depending on our personal experience instead of his divine promises. Preacher, what's the point? Listen, God does stuff different with different people. And just because it's different than what you're used to, it doesn't make it bad. And just because it's the same as what you're used to, it doesn't make it good. Just because it's an old one, don't make it good. Just because it's a new one, don't make it bad. Just because it's a new one, don't make it good. Just because it's an old one, don't make it bad. And all God's people say it. Dear Heavenly Father, help us to apply this stuff 